0: Hey everyone, I was hoping to get this message put together sooner, but things like this unfortunately take time to set up. I just want to say that the acts of war against Ukraine break my heart, and I know as a prior service member myself that my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's fighting the fight that they really shouldn't have to. That being said, we have been working behind the scenes with all of our podcasts and podcast partners to put a fund together in order to pay for any refugee housing and other needs that go alongside that, like food, water, and any clothing needs. Internally, many podcasts in the Hospitality FM network have voluntarily given up sponsorship money in order to donate to the cause and are working on a unified message in order to spread throughout all of our podcasts. So this is me calling out to all of our property manager friends, industry experts, and anyone knowing of those providing lodging for Ukrainian refugees seeking safety. You can contact me directly at will, with one L, W-I-L, at SlickTalkMedia.com. We have an internal document that is being updated in real time. So if anyone could share this message within your network, we'd greatly appreciate it. I'm also placing in the show notes a link to our GoFundMe and landing page for Rentals to Rescue. That's rentals, T-O, rescue.com, where we're putting funds together in order to, again, provide finances for any of these lodging and relocation needs. So thank you so much for tuning into this quick message. I hope you guys are all well and safe, as I know we have tons of listeners in Ukraine and other countries in in Europe. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Good morning, gentlemen.
3: Happy Monday. Best day of the week.
0: Best day of the week. And we have a pretty awesome guest to bring on today. So I'm pretty excited about that. It's making the oh. Monday just even better. Oh, is that you? Is it you, Ross? Come yeah, on. Come on. It's, it's 15 oh, huh? years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ross from the past. Yeah. About time you got a haircut. Yeah.
3: yeah. He, he sent a, a the picture the other day. I thought it was uh, when he started the company because he actually was 15 <laughs> years younger. My wife didn't recognize me. She didn't.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Well, uh, exciting stuff today. Um, We're going to pretty much jump right into it because uh, we don't want to waste any time with our our guest today, Glenn Hausman from No Vacancy News. Uh, Really awesome guy. Excited to have him here. But we do have one quick message from our sponsors at Breezeway. So for anyone who's just now tuning in, never heard of Breezeway, you're about to find out if you've heard of Breezeway before, you're going to love them. So uh, go ahead and watch this great little video and then we'll jump right in with Glenn.
4: Meet Breezeway, the leading platform for property care and cleaning operations built to coordinate, communicate, and verify all the work done at each property so you can deliver a better experience to guests and owners. Breezeway syncs your property data and reservations into one user-friendly dashboard, taking the guesswork out of scheduling jobs to the right person at the right time. Teams in the field use mobile checklists to get their work done, letting you monitor issues and progress in real time, giving you confidence that every job is done right and every property is clean, well-maintained, and ready. Smart tools to make complex work much easier. Best of all, Breezeway integrates with dozens of PMS systems and IoT devices, so you can optimize your property service programs without switching the systems you already use. Nice! Breezeway has an entire messaging platform too, for texting automated service updates, communicating with guests and residents, and offering additional services like extended stays. Delivering quality property care and service is challenging. Breezeway has you covered each step of the way with tools like detailed owner reporting, safety inspections, and inventory tracking. You'll drive more service revenue, save thousands on operation costs, and boost client satisfaction. It's time to power your property care with Breezeway. Go to Breezeway.io to learn more.
0: I'll make sure to let them know it's breezeway.io forward slash (laughs) GMH. But uh, it's a great, great to hear from our sponsors at Breezeway. We love those guys. Uh, They're amazing. So, really awesome to have them on the show.
1: But they paid for my haircut. So, thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They pay for their haircut. (laughs) Uh, But without further ado, we have the man, myth, and legend to welcome to the show. So, I'm going to welcome Glenn Hausman here.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. And I want you to know, Ross, I heard you were getting a haircut, so I got one. Too. <laughs> uh, I don't want to feel too shabby around you guys this morning. Keeping it clean. Keeping it clean. Uh, I know. Uh, over, this, uh, over this whole pandemic thing, I grew my hair really long. It was getting super wavy and out of control. And I, I finally decided, since we're getting back at it, to, uh, you know, football conference season, get a little bit cleaned up over there. Looks, just, good, uh, looks good. looks good. Well,
3: speaking of competition, Glenn, what are, you, what are your outlooks on it? It seems like some things are tightening up again.
2: Uh, well, my outlook on it is like I, I'm glad that I went between super short hair and uh, long hair. <laughs> but I'm just kidding. Uh, things are tightening up out, out there. I got to tell you, I'm starting to become increasingly concerned for my hotelier friends out there. What this fall is going to uh, look like—that business travel may is, I think, is going to be on the uh, the soft side as companies are trying to figure out what they're going to do, where they're going to deploy their people. But also, my concern is that scheduled events are going to be a little bit soft. Nothing, nothing I haven't been saying for the last year or so. But anytime there's a downturn, I'm fully convinced that xyz company instead of bringing five people which is usually the one or two top individuals with the assistant and the assistant's assistant and then that person they brought along just so they could learn what everything is about those (laughs) folks out there are not going to be attending anymore but i do think for those of you who are are thinking about going to events you gotta go now because it's the creme de la creme of people out there you know Uh, when uh, uh you know michael michael and will when i went to the um uh, the Alice conference, the attendance was a little bit soft compared to uh, years before that had to do with this last minute mask mandate and the general um, uh, COVID hangover that we've been experiencing. And again, I got to say congratulations, to Jeff Higley and the team for pulling off a great event. It just sucked that there weren't as many people there. But for me as an attendee, I was able to cut through the chase and find the people I wanted to speak to a whole lot quicker because yeah. I didn't have to look through all those other folks that were not really relevant to my goals anyway.
3: Yeah, there's, uh, there's this thing that I've tried to balance in my head on big conferences, good to get the name out, whatever. Right. Smaller conferences are, are typically a lot more productive for, for that exact point. You, right. you, you get to speak with who you want. The right people tend to be the ones going. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's less about going into the sessions anymore. And it's all about Hey, let's run across the street to a coffee or a beer. Never a...
2: about going to a session. To... I mean, like, uh, usually the only sessions I go to.
3: The, the sessions are good to get your name out, to get your yeah. brand out. I'm not saying so... you
2: do the sessions that I go to are the ones that I'm hosting or participating. Yeah, in. Exactly. But I find my event strategy is to try to have, to set myself up for as many meaningful bump ins that I can possibly have. I know a lot of people like scheduling all their meetings. I'm, I've never been good at that saying, hey, come talk to me about advertising my show or doing original content with me, et cetera, et cetera. It's yeah. more of a hey, let's uh let's get you know, let's bump into each other, have a conversation, and do a follow-up afterwards. But guys, talking so about the events, um, HD Expo was held last week while I was on vacation. They were in Vegas. I was not, but the report back that I had is much smaller audience, but again, the high quality of the buyers. That were there it was impressive. So I think what's happening is a lot of folks that might have been sending other people are now doing it themselves. And again, I can't underscore the importance of going to high tech coming up, going to the lodging conference. Pick one of those. Go check it out.
3: Yeah, they're they're itching to get out, and instead of sending someone else because they're travel fatigued, right. they're they're all volunteering. Uh, I find myself in that boat uh, as well. I'll take any trip that comes my way right now. Right. Um, <laughs> So Glenn, you sit kind of at the, the beginning of this convergence between hotels and short-term rentals and service departments wow. and all that. Um, without any specific questions, what, where do you think the, the whole segment is going of hospitality? the blending of, of short-term rentals, hotels, service departments.
2: I've got a lot of different thoughts on that, but let me start by uh, thanking the good folks over at uh, Radisson. I'm staying at a country Inn and suites right now. And the cool thing about this is this, these types of properties, these suite type of properties, I think we're kind of like the proto type of properties that we're starting to see develop. And by starting to, I mean, over the last 10 years or, or so, right. I think there's a great mix in it. Last week, I went, and I'm going to speak specifically from the hotel industry side for, uh, for a minute. Last week, I was taking my kids um, to a couple of uh, regional amusement parks. And that, um, I, we went to Dorney Park up in Pennsylvania. Fun roller coasters, all of that. They did a great job over there. But I had my chance to say at the first ever True by Hilton. By first ever, I mean, they've got over 200. It was the first time I stayed at one of them. As part of a dual-branded hotel with a home, two suites. Two good brands that complement each other well. And give owners the opportunity to fill up the uh, the home two suites with that extended stay guest while also doing transient guests. So I think, I think, Michael G., that this is where we're headed to in the hospitality industry. A convergence of different types of properties that focuses on that short-term rental aspect of it with more of a traditional lodging. I think it lets them hit multiple groups of potential customers while also streamlining back-of-house expenses. And I think we finally hit... A real super super sweet spot for this business. How,
3: how many properties like that exist, to your knowledge? That, that's I, don't, kind of- I
2: don't know. I will say it's an ever increasing number. I can make it up, but uh, if you want to look at the, uh, if you <laughs> want to, right? Yeah, seventy-seven. If you want to look at the, yeah, uh, if you look at the history of these <laughs> types of properties, kind of started with like. Um, uh, an owner had a a plot of land and they'd build one hotel here, a transient hotel, and then they'd build an extended stay hotel. Then they kind of put those two buildings together, but they were like Siamese twins. They didn't really share any organs. They were just hatched to each other or something like that. Right. Then they said, Hey, let's improve this a little bit more. And now you only have that one check-in area and they combined everything. And I think they found the perfect formula for it. That being said, I think short term rentals is going to take off in an extreme way and has been taking off over the last number of years because it is such a great product. Not only do yeah. you need fewer people to operate the hotel, and we could talk about the labor crisis ad nauseum, right? This solves that in some way while also opening you up to not having to fill as many rooms as possible. You know, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you have guests there for 5, 10, 28 days, you don't have to fill that room. 20 20 times a month you only have to do it one two or three times a month so it simplifies everything lowers the expenses and gives owners an opportunity to uh make a strong roi but the question is when we get to the point where everybody's built them and they cease to have an advantage you know
0: agreed well i i'm curious because you mentioned the check-in experience Mm -hmm. and for me i i want to i'm a big like avid like pusher and like screaming from the mountaintops that you know I think the I came from the front desk. I started with Mary autograph, cool. like doing the front desk check-in 700 people at a time. Like it was awesome. nuts, mm-hmm. but what do you, what are your thoughts with um, the check-in experience at hotels? Now, is it going to shift to contact list? Is it going to go down that route of more in technology, less yeah. yes um, no. lobby waiting? No. Right. Okay.
2: Yeah. Well, it's definitely a, a, a yes and no individuals are just that individuals. Some people don't want to have any connection with human beings Others find it to be extremely critical. So I think hotels are going to have to have a a mixture of both of those types of things. And quite frankly, I'm both those travelers in in once. If I'm taking into a casino resort in Las Vegas, the last thing I want to do is wait on one of those lines, right? But if Mm -hmm. I stroll in right here to this country inn and suites that I'm staying at, well, I'm happy to go talk to the wonderful Gregory who checked me in here last night and have a quick conversation with him. I'm not purposely going to avoid somebody when there's no line. So it's really about a matter of feeling. It's a matter of convenience. It's a matter of connecting with the customer and that the way that they want to be connected to.
3: Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right for me as well. Like when I, particularly when I travel overseas, like I don't want to talk to anybody. It's you, you've been on a flight all night. You're tired. Just tell me what room number, tell me how to get in and mm-hmm. let me go. Right. Uh, but if I'm traveling to a city I haven't been to before and it's, you know, I, I'm a big fan of boutique hotels right. mm-hmm. Um, and the, the GMs at boutique hotels know the right spots to go. Um, we've talked about a few of these brands on, on the show before, but I was in Ireland a couple weeks ago. There's a brand out there called the Dean mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. Like great restaurant, great cocktail bar. Right. GM sent me in the right directions on, on other food outside of the property. Awesome. Um, and then Lifehouse has, has a really solid upcoming kind of boutique brand and, and design and feel. Speaking uh, of
2: uh, House, I had these awesome subs in Atlantic City from White House subs. So if you uh, guys are ever in Atlantic City, go uh, check that out. You will not.
4: White uh, House subs. Okay. Yes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> while, while we're on Lifehouse, the, the brand, I love your thoughts on the Kayak Hotel. Uh, kayak becoming a branding. and I, I think that
2: we're going to see more of that, right? Airbnb's trying to do the same thing. All of these things are trying to be the same thing. I mean, hotels for a long time have tried have been distribution systems, right? Mm-hmm. So why not go the other way? It's all about branding and finding new ways to connect with the customers. And some mm-hmm. of these brands, I mean, they've done such a great job at um, getting their name into the psyche of the potential traveler that it really doesn't surprise mm-hmm. me that they would make that move. However, um, if you really think about it, unless they're going to be doing franchises uh, over the last 25 years, all the hotel companies have worked the, their their butts off to try to be asset light, get rid of all of that expensive uh, real estate that makes the, uh, the business much more complex to operate. So we'll see. There'll be some experimenting with it. Whether or not it's going to be successful, I guess, depends on a lot of different factors, including um, how clever those operators are going to be. Well, it's
1: interesting because we have some shareholders right behind Bidroom. Bidroom is a booking platform, and one of the yeah. shareholders owns quite a lot of hotels. I thought, why not? And he, he's building some brands. He's like, why not have our own brand? Have some Bidroom hotels. Said, That's something you should never, never do. So I'm just actually, oh, he's pretty successful. He's a, <laughs> really successful. Let's call it a business. a billionaire, and he's doing a lot of businesses, right. building cities, building hotels. Yep. So he should, yeah. So I'm just curious if it really is a good mm-hmm. move if Airbnb or really goes into this branding part and just kind of because like, it, it, it keeps a bit this independency way that you're just a booking platform, right? You're just controlling and right. gonna push different inventories. So I think the relationship between the independent or the other hotels, I think it will be kind of ruined.
2: Also, a lot of times when companies go off course and outside their core disciplines, that is a roadmap for speed bumps and potential failure. Not saying that these won't be successful. But it's a lot more challenging and difficult when you're going into a totally different uh, universe than what you're accustomed to.
3: 100%. Yeah, for sure. And you got to have the right people on the team internally that have done it, know what they're doing versus figure it out as you go. Because a, a big brand like Kayak has too much weight in it to consistently mess up.
2: Right.
1: But is it not that Kayak, for example, have to do some innovation there, because of course the whole, their their revenue comes from lead generation, et cetera, and lead generation is like nearly dead, right? They're just, mm-hmm. the, the OTA squeezing, it's like, I don't want to pay much lead fees or PPC or whatever anymore. So they have to look at different revenue streams. You see the same with TripAdvisor, right. just go with the PLUS program, Kayak goes into branded hotels. So it's just not for them looking at, still, how can we monetize our audience differently than we did before?
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see why they're doing it, but again, whether or not they could pull it off in any meaningful way is going to take uh, many, many years to to see.
3: Yeah. yeah, Glenn, we've we've seen a lot of hotel brands dip their toes in short term rentals. Uh, Hyatt invested in a few early days. Wyndham had a massive portfolio through a, a big roll up strategy and ultimately sold off to Vicasa. Um, Accor bought up a couple companies. Marriott's doing really, really well with their homes and villas product. Mm-hmm. Do you think a lot more of the hotel brands are gonna or flags are gonna jump in behind it? Or do you think they're gonna try and stay in their lane and, and do it
2: it? nobody stays in lanes when they smell good old money? There's no <laughs> they're gonna there's no way they're gonna do that. Just take a look at um, what happened with soft branding when Choice came out with that. 2008 or nine. Forgive me, guys, if I don't get that exactly right. But they were actually the first ones to do it with their 10 collection. How long did it take before everybody else jumped in it? And how long did it take before people forgot that Choice did it and thought Marriott was the first ones in that in that business? Right. So, I didn't know
3: it was, it was Choice. Yeah. Wow. That's what I'm yeah,
2: saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, so everybody is going to jump in it because that is the way the hospitality industry, the hospitality industry in general, and you look at it design. They all love to go in a completely different direction but then they all go in the same different direction and everything winds up being exactly the, uh, the same again. So I expect more of that in the future. Yeah. In think fact, about-
3: Choice did jump in short term rentals for a couple of years and then uh, couldn't navigate it. Couldn't figure it out. So to my knowledge it doesn't exist anymore it, it might in some shell of a I, th- form. I think
2: it does but I don't think it's meaningful I, I'm not exactly I'm not exactly sure because I will tell you um, while I love them over there, I have not heard any of their people with, with hitting me up with any talking points in hmm. regards to uh, in regards to that so uh, hmm. I'm actually just gonna Google them really quick and see if I can pull it up and find out. but my hotel internet is not working as quick as I'd like at least I'm connected to you guys. Hmm. Here. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say we can see your face.
2: I uh, know, right? All right, so it's not coming up on here, so they may very well have jettisoned, uh, jettisoned that. Uh, interesting, yeah. interesting.
1: Well, another trend what you see is that there's this non-branded chain hotels, right? It is I think the guys uh, behind Hotels.com and Get a Room, this is Bob Diner, started mm-hmm. something this Travel Funders Network, so you just have the the resource of kind of the the, the functionalities of a chain like this the software tooling, etc. But not being part of like a flagship of a of a brand, you think there's only more and more popular because you still are keeping independency, yeah. but you have some advantages of being part of of something.
4: Well,
2: well yeah, I mean, we're, we're I think the overall theme of what we're really talking about today is when mature industries start to fragment to find ever more specific groups of people, right? Let's take a look back at like magazines in the 1990s, for example. I mean, they started coming out with, you know, you'd have your time and life and all of those really successful things, Newsweek, all of those that would sell millions of copies. But then you get down to, you know, Cat Lover's Digest or something like that, or Model Railroading Magazine, things that had very specific audiences and niches. And that's what's happening in the hospitality business. It continues to fragment, to, to break it down to even smaller and smaller subsets of potential customers that have that same uh, like-minded psychographic.
3: Because mm. it's really hard to find very niche properties on big OTAs, right? Like,
2: Well, they're if- there, but they're probably on page 80 right? You know?
0: Yeah. yeah it's like, I'm, I'll i do this one for example, because we're looking at a glamping site for our company. And and with us, it's like, yeah, there's glamping on Airbnb, but if you go to glampinghub.com, it's way more different and like way, like the selection and uniqueness right. between them is completely night and day. So right. it's like, yeah, there's glamping on Airbnb, but if the real glampers usually go on, you know, hip camp or they go on glamping hub. And that's where, yeah. that's where and, all well, those travels. You're
2: just, you're just, you know, you're just proving the point again, as yeah. things fragment, Different, There are different sites to be able to connect with those particular types of products out there. And that sort of thing makes a whole lot of sense to me because it, it cuts through the clutter. It gets you the answer you're looking for very quickly. Yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah. That's probably a little it, bit uh... –
3: in the same vein, I've got a buddy looking to to uh, have a wedding at a castle in Europe, but he can't find a specific castle. They're they're hard to find. So
2: <laughs> there's like forty five thousand castles in France alone. What is he Well, there's about? there's
3: a ton of them, but but there's no like there's no central place to go look, right? Um, oh,
2: I see what you're saying.
3: Yeah.
0: So it
2: sounds to me like we should put together castleweddings.com or something like that. <laughs>
0: yeah, it does sound that way. It does. <laughs> Already bought the domain while you guys are talking. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I saw it. I saw it like in Will's eyes, like I'm gonna check it. Who's gonna
3: buy it first?
0: <laughs> uh, that's exactly what happened when, when we we're creating this show. Uh, we're like, what are we gonna call it? And I was like, oh, I already bought the name domain for a Good Morning Hospitality. And Golden's like, what? I'll buy it yeah. off you for double the price you paid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What'd you do with it's that true. twelve bucks?
0: Yeah, uh, well. I, I went to McDonald's, got a nice uh nice burger. Oh my god, two I had happy meals.
2: I had a, had a little food issue last night, and I wound up getting McDonald's last night. And I had one of their chicken sandwiches. Uh, guys, <laughs> give up. Popeye's chicken sandwiches rules.
3: Chick-fil-A, Glenn. You're talking to a Southerner. Chick-fil-A uh, is so, the only way Chick-fil-A. to get
2: it. I I don't believe in their politics, so I don't eat it. Uh, I don't eat a Chick-fil-A. But <laughs> – I will tell you. Like their chicken sandwich. Uh, pfft, <laughs> it's not that great. Before, um, years ago, I had Chick-fil-A at the LA airport a couple of times, right? Before I started to disagree with their philosophies and stuff like that. And um, I thought it was okay. The fries are pretty good, but it's just okay. There's nothing – like I find it easy to uh, boycott companies that I don't really like all that much, as long as I'm not put in a position where I have to boycott Popeyes for any reason, because that is the best <laughs> freaking – chain fried chicken, fried chicken sandwich I've ever come in contact with. You know?
0: Fair, yeah. You got to draw a line somewhere.
3: Yes.
2: Yeah. I, I, that's where I draw. I don't have any morals. I just got taste buds.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Big difference. There's a big difference, everybody. <laughs> Pay attention. That's awesome. Well, um, I know. So we try to do rapid fire questions. We have a uh, new segment that we've been doing. Uh, whose brand is any anyways? Uh, we got all this stuff coming up. But now that we're talking about Chick-fil-A versus Popeye's. Yep. Um, I'm going to do my first rapid-fire question I've been thinking about. On my flight to Memphis yesterday, I was like, why am I going to ask Glenn if I had one opportunity to ask Wait,
2: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt here. You're Did you in, prep? You've got to go to Gus's Fried Chicken,
0: dude. Gus's. Oh, yeah, that's what GM told me. He said Gus's. Yeah, man, the best. that is yeah. – seriously,
2: seriously, I'm looking at all of you people out there right now. Gus's Fried Chicken rules, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Popeye's is the best major chain chicken. Gus – They've got only got a few of them. There's one in downtown Atlanta. They're in a few other places. You've got to go there, man. It is so freaking good. Sorry. Please continue.
0: No, no. Perfect. Because it goes in my question. I was on the plane last night, and I was thinking, man, it would be really nice to have a beer right now. But then I was like, I wonder, is Glenn a beer man or a cocktail man? So I'm, I'm curious. What do? You, what's your preferred drink of choice?
2: That's a really great question. And we're actually at a uh, cocktail beer nexus in my life right now. I've been doing a lot of beer drinking, but... My my wife at the beginning of the summer, her friend told her about this Casamigos tequila, and she brought it home, and she started drinking it, and I was sticking with my beer, and then I don't know what happened. About five, six weeks ago, I just got on the tequila bandwagon, and I have not stopped drinking just tequila on ice with a little lime wedge in it, and <laughs> it is absolutely fantastic, and I'll tell you, Will, one of an events and a way – I try – depending on the city I'm in, I have different routines. I'll drink beer at industry cocktail parties, but if I'm trying for uh, longevity and not being feeling gross in my stomach like in Vegas, then I go for like uh, – I'll either get that tequila now or I'll get a Maker's Mark and ginger ale or something like that. So I don't have to bring in the volume of liquid into uh, to my system.
0: So it's calculated, Uh,
2: Michael. uh, Michael G. I got I got so many systems for so many different situations (laughs) over these last years. I I've built in all sorts of rules in my life that I have to abide by and respect.
3: I love that, and and I have a feeling the uh, the tequila drinking started when you were planning your Mexico trip, but
2: something like that. Yeah, (laughs) I wish I I wish I got to go to that Mexico trip, but I will make it up to the good folks over the Planet Hollywood Resort as soon as this crisis is over. And go give them some love.
3: So are you a beach or a mountain person?
2: More mountains, which is strange because I live on Long Island. We're all about beaches. But I, I grew up. Every time you go to the beach, you get stuck in horrible traffic. It would be way too hot. And then you'd have to lug like 40 pounds of crap from your car all the way down the beach. Only to go sit on the yeah. beach eat a sandwich when the sand gets in it. And then you get sand and all sorts of unmentionable parts <laughs> on your body. And the water's too freaking cold. So... I'm way too delicate for, uh, for the beach on Long Island. I have nothing better than being in South Florida or Mexico or Hawaii and stepping out of your room and going into the beach there. So those are the only exceptions. Otherwise, I like, uh, I like mountains. I like woods. I'm going to Canada in a couple of weeks. Can't wait to be in that majesty.
3: All right. You mentioned Hawaii. Would you rather go to Europe or Hawaii? Let's say Amsterdam. Because that's, that's where we first met.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, Amsterdam. Um, I talk to my kids about this all the time. They want to go to Amsterdam so bad. It's one of my favorite cities in the entire planet.
1: So I'm back really, this weekend after several years.
2: Michael G., it's really <laughs> hard to make that choice because Hawaii is one entirely different type of experience than when you go on a European vacation, right? If I'm going on a European vacation, my whole job of that vacation is to – Walk, walk, walk. Sightsee, sightsee, sightsee. Eat. When I'm in Hawaii, it's all about just eating, sleeping, and lying around. You know? Yeah, yeah, true,
3: true, true.
2: But Hawaii, you're riding the
3: fence on a lot of these answers,
2: Glenn. It, I mean, right. I call out everybody, but nobody is nobody feels offended because uh, I don't really <laughs> uh, do that. But I will tell you, uh, Michael, I love Hawaii because it is one of the most beautiful, incredible places on earth. I got married in spring of 2002. So I was planning my honeymoon in the immediate aftermath of uh, 9-11, and I wanted to go mm. to, like, somewhere really super exotic, but I was uncomfortable with the idea of flying all the way to Tahiti or, you know, the Azores or something something crazy like that. So I went to Hawaii. I thought it was too cliched, but it turned out to be incredible. It is one of the most beautiful places on this entire earth, and I highly recommend people go check that out for a very different experience than uh, Europe. Mm-hmm. I love to Europe because you go, like, wow, that's old. That's old. Here in the United States, nothing is really actually old. <laughs> Until you go to Europe, then you're like, oh, my God, how old stuff is, you know?
3: Yeah, 100%. I, uh, As you can tell, my pale skin pretty much precludes me from going anywhere that the sun is. So Northern Europe is, is typically my favorite spot to go.
2: All right, we'll, we'll go uh, We'll go hang out in Finland together sometime. There we go.
3: <laughs> in the winter when the sun never comes up. It's perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so red blue, red or green?
2: Uh, in terms of A purple, uh, I, I, I hear they're, they're coming out with radish <laughs> next, which will be uh yes, which will be I'm just <laughs> magenta. Cool. If we're talking about if we're talking about you know all sorts of different niches, um, you know it's interesting that uh, you, you know uh. There's been a de-emphasis on the creation of a lot new uh, gay resorts and stuff like that, I guess, as um, um, those folks are more mainstream America. But I think that'd be cool to have some sort of uh, rainbow type of uh, resort over there as as well. But I think um, their concepts are very different. The new Radisson Red at Miami Airport is freaking amazing, really hits it, Um, the, the, the tonality of it really nicely. I've stayed at the Radisson Blue at the uh, Mall of America, when that first debuted, they did a great job with that, and um, I'm very excited about the future for uh, Radisson right now. I love Jim Alderman; he's the CEO that's been on board since March of 2020. His first full day on the job, he had to close the office and send everybody home because of uh, COVID. How crazy is that? But he's put together an amazing team. He's an amazing guy. Phil Yu, the Chief Development Officer, um, is an absolutely incredible um, is an incredible guy, and I've got. I've got a lot of positive feelings about where they're going to be able to take this company. I think they're still in trust-building mode right now. Soon they're Mm -hmm. going to be announcing some stuff, but I think it's going to be very, very significant to the overall future of the brand. I don't know if I can say or can't say right now, so I'll just keep my mouth shut and say keep an eye out for uh, the good folks over at Radisson Americas.
0: We'll bring you back on when you can announce it. Perfect. Well, let's jump into our newest segment. I think this would be a fun one, and it's uh, we're playing with it. But Mm -hmm. whose brand is it anyway? So
2: it sounds sounds like
0: for you, not so much for me. Oh boy, it's gonna be (laughs) uh, it's gonna be good. So uh, I picked. So we picked it from um, Marriott, Hyatt, Hilton, Best Western, IHG, and what else? Well, there's a sixth one, right, Michael? Uh, yeah, of Of course. course. Accor, right. Accor, there we go. So it's from one of those six top brands, and uh, everyone get, gets-
2: do, do I get to ask the audience or phone a friend or something like that? Yeah, I, I was going to say, know? we have
3: a live it's chat 50, 50. phone. No typing, Glenn, no typing. Yeah, <laughs>
2: uh, hands uh, up, hands uh, up. Back in the day, back in the day, used to the, uh, I used to- these BITAC events at my old job before I started my company. And um, we do this trivia challenge. And all those M- mother effers, they would sit there and they would Google the answers. I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah, How no. cheesy is that? You know? Get some smarts or just yeah, Pub trivia them. is dead,
3: right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous.
3: Sorry, <laughs> some people. Well, still... we got. All
2: right, here
3: Sorry. we go. Tribe.
0: Tribe. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a high. Everyone gets one official guess. So I'll, I'll let you, you know, if you want to, you know, pull it back or com- confirm your answer, you can. Everyone gets oh. a guess. So we'll do Ross. I, I see you Googling. Oh, I, no,
2: I'm just double checking. I already gave my answer. So
3: Okay. Um, hey, okay. I'll say Hilton with the question mark.
2: No, that's well, not right. That I Ross.
3: Yeah.
0: Then I would go for a core.
2: Yeah, you're right. Damn.
0: It's a core. Yeah, a core. Yeah. Yep. I hope uh, good I've, job. Got,
2: uh, I've got uh, Heather, uh, Heather McCrory on um, uh, doing a lodging conference panel with her. She's the uh, CEO of North America. I hope she still does. Hope it she now. doesn't watch this. Uh, yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> will make sure you tag her when we get live. <laughs> oh, I will.
0: Like, hey, mentioned in this episode was, and Glenn mentioned and failed to r- get it right. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I should
1: know because, of course, joining bedroom with with some properties, right? So that's already good. So. Yeah, know. you should know that.
3: So, Glenn, of the top six brand flags, how many brands do you think exist within those top six? So,
2: let's say uh,
3: it's the, the six that we named: Hyatt, Marriott, Accor, Hilton, IHG, and Best Western.
2: Uh, I'll say fifty-two. Probably more like
3: seventy, though. At this, point. it's more. Yeah, more it's than more. double that.
2: Uh, just for those five or six. Companies, well, you got-
3: 119.
2: Like, that's ridiculous. That's 119. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. All right, so you've got like 30 for Marriott. You've got- Hyatt had 20 and then
3: Apple had seven, so 27. Accor has 10. Right. Hilton has so, 18. Did, IHG, 16, and Best Western, 18. Did you
2: Wait, did you count the new brand that IHG just announced two days ago?
3: No, oh, so it's no. 19. We're at 120.
4: <laughs> wait,
3: wait, what did they announce?
2: Uh, dude, I've been on vacation. This is my first day back. I know they announced it. Hold Actually, on. we might
3: have because Will stumped us last week with the best Western question, but then I did some research in that property. Vignette, hadn't gone vignette live.
2: collection. Vignette collection.
3: Nope, that's a new one.
2: Yep. Vignette.
3: <laughs> yeah, it sounds French.
0: Yeah, I would say it sounds very French. We oui, meet oui. All right.
2: All right, give yeah, me a brand that I know and I can stop looking so stupid.
0: <laughs> well, well, that was the only one in there. Throw another. That one. was the only one I had, but uh, let's do Yeah, take me a quick
2: second here. All right, how about Shore Stay? Who's who's got that one?
0: sure Stay. Uh, I believe that is Hyatt. Hilton. BuzzWestern.
2: Western.
0: Western. Best Wester. Ah, boo. <laughs> boo. Well, at least you had that, that sound queued up because that was perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Glenn, we want to say thank you for being on the show today. It's a pleasure to have a media monster like yourself on the show, Thanks, uh, especially for, for this newer – it's a newer one for us. So we're, we're excited to have you on and uh, to be able to give your insight and knowledge that you've been able to drop uh, some – little bombs throughout the episode. So it's been great. We awesome. appreciate it.
2: Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Happy to come back anytime, particularly after I'm allowed to talk about what my good friends are. There right.
0: we go. Uh, we the good news. Thanks Glenn.
2: All right, peace out guys. Have a great day.
0: Bye. Bye.